And so this morning, like I mentioned before, this is Vision Sunday, and I love Vision Sunday, right? It's a chance to sort of recalibrate, refocus, because it's so easy to get knocked off course, you know, because God has called us to something. God has called us as a church. God has called us as his people. It's so easy for things to come along and knock us off course. And, um, you know, when we have, especially... We have circumstances like we're living in right now. It's so easy to get, like, distracted by them. I know personally, you know, I have a personal vision. I have a personal mission for my life. I have goals. I have things. And, uh, and it's been uh, difficult sometimes to keep my eyes focused on the prize. I even find myself, you know, uh, during my working hours, when I'm trying to work, I find myself... Uh, Doing a little extra Googling, doing a little extra Facebooking, doing a little extra kind of, you know, find out information. Because, like I mentioned, I think it was, was last week, a lot of times we crave information. We think that there's some sort of security in that information. And really, what that does is all that information just stirs up anxiety and keeps us in like a holding pattern, right? And I found even my, my own self going... You know, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't pursue that because the world we live in today isn't quite, you know. And so uh, it is so important that we keep going back to the vision, that you keep going back to the vision for your life, that we as a church keep going back to the vision that God has given us. And so that's what Vision Sunday is about, to remember what we're all about and to remind us to keep the main thing the main thing. The main and the plain, as they like to say in the vineyard, right? And so... Uh, having and rehearsing a compelling vision is crucial, crucial to the vitality and life of the church. Having a vision for your life. And I hope, I hope that you have a written vision for your life. I really do. I hope that somewhere, somewhere along the line, you have sat down and you have crafted a vision for your life. Because it's so important to come back, to reread it, to come back, right? It's, it's crucial to the vitality and the life of your church and for, for you and for me. And so in every season, no matter what the situation, no matter what the situation, no matter whether there's a pandemic, no matter whether there's riots, whatever, we need the thoughts of our vision to, eclip the thought, to eclipse the thoughts of our circumstances. All right? Catch that. Grab that. We need the thoughts of our vision to eclipse the thoughts of our circumstances. You think a lot of the vision that God gave Israel and Scripture was during incredibly tumultuous times. What did God kept doing? He kept bringing them back to the vision in the middle of wicked, oppressive kings. God kept bringing them back to the vision in the middle of warring armies and conquering armies. God kept bringing them back to the vision. God, just over and over, all through Scripture, God keeps bringing them back. He says, don't fear, right? Keep your eyes on me. And so a compelling vision, what it does is it inspires us to action. A compelling vision draws people together. It energizes us. And so God wants our vision to be greater than our fear. God wants our vision to be greater than our doubts. God wants our vision to be greater than all the stuff that's going on around us. It's so, so important. I think it's not without accident that Vision Sunday falls in the middle of all this. And so we need to have a compelling vision. A compelling vision keeps us focused. A compelling vision guards against complexity because what happens, complexity comes naturally. We don't have to do anything to get more complex. It just comes. And a compelling vision keeps us focused. 
in our personal lives, a strong vision makes us healthier. This is true. We're talking, so everybody loves science now. It's crazy. So, like, science, science has become, you know, like, uh, you know, like, here's God, here's science among, like, our culture today. It's, in fact, a lot of people, here's science, here's God. So, those of you who love science, science says that vision makes us healthier people. That having a vision actually improves our physical and mental health. That people who have a strong vision sleep better. And a vision, a strong vision, guards against depression and anxiety. And so um, it is very important that we keep the vision in our lives fresh. So it's not without accident that Proverbs 29, 18 tells us, where there is no vision, people perish. Where there is no vision, people perish. And so uh, this has been an interesting year for our church. We started off, then we all started off 2020, like ready to charge hell with a water pistol. Right? You like that little walk? Follow me, Brandon. See if you can keep up. Right? So, you know, we're ready to charge hell with a water pistol. The beginning of 2020. We're pressing towards opening a neighborhood thrift store. Our numbers are, were growing. You know, we were seeing our Sunday attendance grow. We were positioned to reach more foster kids than ever before this year. Uh, and we're doing that through Royal Family Kids Camp. And, and so, like, for... It was like 2020 started off as, like, the best year ever. And, uh, and then we had a pandemic. We had a flooded basement here at the church. We had an economic breakdown. Racial tensions, riots. A friend of mine put it this way. 2020 came out looking like a warm chocolate chip cookie. One bite and wham! Cold oatmeal raisin. That's happened to me before. Yeah. You ever been at a potluck? Mm-hmm. You see that bad boy? You're like, oh, that looks good. Mm. Oh. <sighs> Cold oatmeal raisin. But we're committed as a church to clamping on, vicing on, clamping on to the vision. We're not letting it go. We are refusing to let it go. We are refusing to let it grow dim. And, uh, you know, when we couldn't meet in person, what did we do as a church? We launched online services, which I think they're getting better every week. What do you say? You think so? I think they're getting better every week. Yeah. So uh, uh, we, we, la- we launched online services, something we talked about doing for years. And finally, you know, this situation pushed us into it. We had to cancel our spring RFK trivia fundraiser because of the pandemic. And then, like I said, the basement flooded. It ruined thousands of dollars uh, of camp and club supplies. But we kept the bur- vision burning bright. What happened? What happened is we ended up raising more money than we we ever had before, and and in the shortest amount of time ever, right? So like we keep seeing how God is using these things. God used the flood to raise more money than ever in the shortest amount of time than ever. God uses a pandemic to to expand the kingdom, to expand our outreach. We have people watching in Haiti. Isn't that awesome? Jacques, what's up, man? Right? We got people in Haiti watching. And so we've got people in other states. And so we're growing that way. And so I just love that. uh, Here's the thing about the church. You go all through history. Here's the thing I love about the church. This is how you know that the church was God's idea and not man's. Every time, there's pressure on the church, it grows, right? 
Every time, you know, when, when there's pressure, when there's oppression, when, you know, things happen, the church has this incredible way of, like, growing in an under pressure. And I love that about the church. And I love that about God. There's nothing like the church. Okay? And so uh, we continue to connect. We continue to pray. We continue to grow. Um, and so it's awesome. So we're bringing newness now, not just to our neighborhood, but we're bringing newness to other states and to the world. And today, what we're going to do is we're going to take a fresh look at our 2020 vision. Uh, but first, let's pray. God, we love you. We praise you. We thank you, Lord, that you're good. We thank you that the church was your idea, God. And so we want to uh, catch your vision, catch what you have for us, and run with it. We want to partner with you to make your thoughts and, and make what's on your heart manifest in our neighborhood, in our cities, in our states, God. God, you are so awesome. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, here's the thing about vision. I believe that no matter how many times we talk about the vision of the church, uh, which is often, we talk about it often. It's important that we talk about it often, though, because uh, vision has a tendency to leak, right? You know, vision has a tendency to leak. Like, you have to be really intentional. If you have a personal vision for your life, and the reason why I tell people to write it down is because you should go back and read it often. Because our, because vision tends to leak. Vision gets crowded out by cares and concerns of the world. Um, but I love it. Uh, and so uh, don't let, you know, don't let bad news stop you ever. Just keep dreaming, keep praying, keep reaching. Um, because God wants this for us. God wants this vision for us. And we have to believe that. We have to walk in that. That God wants that vision for us. Uh, so Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 says, Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. And so as we talk about vision for Mercy Vineyard Church today, I just want you to remember one thing. What you can imagine, God can do more. What you can imagine, God can do so much more. All right? And so that's why we have, again, a written vision. Because it guides our decision-making as a church. Uh, it inspires our actions. Uh, it empowers our service. It empowers our giving. Um, but here's the thing. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, God wants to over-deliver. God wants to over-deliver on the visions that he gives us, on the dreams that he gives us. Our vision is like the coming attraction to the best film you've ever seen, right? And we kinda, we've used that analogy before when we talk about vision. When God gave us a vision to plant the church, we had no idea we'd be starting a camp or club, did we? It was, it was just to start a church, right? And the vision wasn't to start a church so that we could start a camp and club. It was just, let's just start this church. Um, and so when we moved into this building, we didn't know that we'd be buying the building across the street as well, right? Uh, and that we could be a daily presence in the neighborhood. We only knew that God had called us to live a passionate mission to love, grow, and code. That's, that's all we knew, right? And so God is in the business of over-delivering on his promises. Uh, so get, keep, and, and always just keep your hopes up. I just say that. I, I, just, I feel like that's a good word for some people today that uh, God is saying, get your hopes up. Get your hopes up, right? Just get them up. Get your hopes up. And so uh, uh, let me just say, so as we walk through the vision, we are living a passionate mission 
to love with an ever-expanding love. That's part of what this all looks like. We are living a passionate mission to love with an ever-expanding love. 1 Thessalonians 3.12, Paul says this. He says, And may the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow just as uh, our love for you overflows. I love this picture of overflowing, right? The Lord make your love for one another. Grow and overflow just as our love for you overflows. When God calls us to love people, when God calls us to be the church, it's, uh, it's with an overflowing. It's with a growing. It's not with sort of like a put in my time, right? Uh, okay, I ch- check that box. I did a little volunteering at church. Check. Or, you know, I, I, uh, I, I, I told somebody that I'd pray for them. Check. No, you know, God, so when God tells us to be the church, it's with this sense of overflowing. One of the hallmarks of any great vision is that it's always expanding. A, a good vision doesn't contract, right? When, Wendy, every year, she's like, I want to take eight more kids this year. I want to recruit five more volunteers this year. She's never like, you know what, next year, I really want to do like five less kids. Never. She's, ne- she's never like that. And, uh, and I love that a lot of our, a lot of our like, volunteers here at Mercy are like, are like, hey, yeah, just put me on whatever. No, whatever. In fact, some of the people on our worship team, they're like, why don't you play me more? Let's do more. I want to do more. In fact, we have to tell some of our volunteers, like, hey, come on, bring it back a little bit. Bring it back. Y- your wife would like to sit with you once in a while during worship. You know? Or, you know, if I think your family might be like, I love that we have to do that because, like, so often people, uh, they, they serve, like I said, just to check that box but there's not that overflowing love. And I love that our volunteers are just like, ah, let me, let me get out there more. Play me more, coach. Right? And so I just love that because that is a picture of love. It's ever-expanding. And so a great vision is always expanding. It doesn't contract. You know, there, there are more that we can reach with the hope of Jesus. And that's how we feel about mercy. There's more that we can reach. There's more that we can reach. There's more people that need to hear Jesus. There's more neighbors. There's more foster kids. There's more, there's more people searching for hope online, especially right now. Right now. And so, uh, you know, I have a good friend of mine, uh, Ron, is, a, is a, a therapist, and he said right now he's just, it's overflowing with people just struggling with anxiety because of the world that we live in right now. He just, you know, he's seeing a record number of clients. He's got a full-plus caseload because people are wrestling with anxiety. People need hope. They need us to be pictures of that hope for them, right? And so, uh, you know, a question I would ask you is, how can you double the number of people you're reaching for Jesus today? First of all, who are you reaching for Jesus right now? And then second of all, how could you double that? How could you double that? The number of people that you are reaching for Jesus in your life. Okay, which leads me to the next point. We are living a passionate mission to grow beyond our perceived limits. We're living a passionate mission to grow beyond our perceived limits. It's so easy to put limits on ourselves. It's so easy to put limits on our jobs. It's so easy to put limits on our church. Right? It's so easy to to even kind of grow cynical. You know, where we go, oh, it's not going to change. This is our lot in life. This is our, our, our position or whatever. 
And I, the people of God have always been the people who can, in their minds, see a picture that is greater than current circumstances. And so how can we move beyond our perceived limits? Sometimes it can be hard to imagine growth beyond where we are. Uh, and, 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 you know, that's why Ephesians tells us that God can do more than what? More than we can imagine. And so uh, I long for the day when we're just, we're just adding more services, we're adding more chairs, we're adding more venues. You know, I long to see that day. I also long for the day when people say that they never knew that they could grow, grow in Jesus the way that they have here. You know, sometimes uh, someone will come into mercy and they'll go, I, didn't, I never knew church could be like this. And I love that. I absolutely love it. And so I long for that day where God's word is just taking root in people's lives and transforming them from the inside out, where people grow in loving Jesus, grow in loving others. We should be people that are always growing beyond our perceived limits. And so it's, you know, I would challenge you, you know, I said before, how can you double the number of people that you're reaching for Jesus today? But also, you know, what are the limits that you have set up in your thoughts that are keeping you from doing that? What are those perceived limits? And sometimes we, you know, we make excuses uh, based on assumptions about other people. They would never want to hear about Jesus. Man, if I asked that person if I could pray for them, they'd probably punch me, right? And we make it, those are assumptions. Those are assumptions. And so we put assumptions on people that create these limits in our thoughts that keep us from ever expanding, ever growing in our love for Jesus and our love for others. And so what are the perceived limits that you have established in your thoughts that keep you from reaching more people for Jesus? Important question. I hope you write that question down. Better be taking notes. Okay, so, <laughs> all right. And lastly, we are living a passionate mission to go to the furthest reaches. Okay? Remember, we go, we go by serving God and by serving others. That's how we go at Mercy Vineyard. And so, we currently support a mission in Haiti, which we love to do, and, and uh, we get to work with Lori for that. We, get, we serve foster children. Uh, we're opening a thrift store. I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Okay? Imagine having so many people that desire to serve here that we struggle to schedule everyone in. And then <laughs> that'd be awesome. Or it's just like, uh, wow, you know, we have five worship teams instead of three. Already, can I just say, let me just brag on you, Mercy Vineyard, real quick. There are churches twice the size that struggle to fill their worship team the way that we do here. God has just blessed us, and you guys just step up, and I absolutely love it. Could you imagine if we had just had so many people there? Imagine if Brandon was like, man, I'm sorry, we got, we got like 10 kids teams. Because we've got too many volunteers, too many people that want to serve with kids. Oh, that would be awesome. Or if Kieran was like, I don't know what to do. Everybody wants to be in the prayer team. Oh, everybody wants to pray for people, and nobody wants to get prayed for. Could you imagine if she had that problem? Or if Lori was like, I've I got too many greeters. People got to walk the greeting gauntlet to get in here. It would be so awesome. 
Right now, you know what's cool? Right now, because of the, the streaming ministry of the church, we actually have now a new ministry here, which means we, we, we have a new team developing that we have to recruit volunteers for. Maybe you watch, maybe you're like, you know what? That sounds like a lot of fun. I want to learn how to do that. I want to be on the streaming team. Just reach out to me. Just reach out to me. We'll get you on the streaming team. We'll get, we'll get you, uh, you know, streaming the gospel via the internet all over the world. So, uh, and we need volunteers for that. But imagine just more outreach opportunities right here in the neighborhood. Uh, imagine, you know, reaching into other countries, other areas of need. Imagine, like, even innovating ways to reach people. Wouldn't that be awesome? I believe that there are ways of reaching people, there are ways of, of expanding God's kingdom that we haven't even thought about yet. That that innovation, just nobody's, nobody's kind of come up with that idea yet. You know, we, we all think that we, there, there's nothing new under the sun. That's not true. You know, that there are always innovative ways. There's new technologies. There's, there's ways that we haven't thought of yet in our church or in our spheres. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to imagine that. But you know what? A hundred years ago, it was hard to imagine a TV set. You know, a hundred years ago, it was hard to imagine. Well, internet, man. Heck, just, to, just like 40 years ago, I, there was no Oregon Trail that I knew of, right? Nobody died of dysentery in my eighth grade class. Yeah, there was a real Oregon Trail, but I wasn't alive for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you died of dysentery. And so, but like, you know, there are ways that we just haven't imagined yet. And that's why I love that God is the God, that he is able to do more than we can ask or imagine. Because uh, here's the thing. We have the source of all imagination, God, right, that can speak that into us that can reveal those ideas to us, that can pull back the blinders, that can expand our thoughts. And so I hope that today that you begin to even pray and make that a matter of prayer in your life, that God would speak to you, that God would give you ideas that, you just, that nobody knows about yet, right? I, I remember it was, it was maybe, what, 15 years ago, the first time I ever heard of somebody doing church online, and I thought that was just radical. What? You know, and so uh, there's more ideas out there. Uh, just begin to call out to God for them and ask him to open your eyes. For, because, you know, the people of God should be innovative people. We should be the ones out there, you know, in, inventing these things. And so I love it. Uh, but remember, it's all for God's glory. You know, let's wrap this up. It's all for God's glory. We don't do what we do here because we want to make our names a name for ourselves or some sort of pat on the back. I have, I have no desire to make a name for Lee Bazaar, you know, to be my, have my name mentioned with, like, oh, Steve Furtick. That's, that's not... This isn't some sort of thing where, you know, oh, well, Mercy Vineyard Church making a name for... I don't want that. I don't want that. It's all for God's glory. It's all for Him. It's all for Him. It's all for Him. I know like some, some musicians, uh, really, 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 really gifted like, musicians that play on worship teams. And um, because of the culture, because we tend to like to celebritize people, because we tend to, we like to, you know, worship those with talent. I've seen guys with really great talent go up to lead worship and then just 
turn around and face the back while they play because they want God to be noticed and recognized in those moments when they're using their talents for him. And so it's all for God's glory is what I'm saying. We don't want to be here and do this to make a name for ourselves and get a pat on the back. It's because Jesus is worthy of all we do for him and then some. Jesus is worthy of it all. Jesus has never lost his worthiness. He's worthy of it all. And uh, he's awesome beyond imagination. And he can do more through us than we can ever imagine. I believe, uh, listen, I know I say this a lot. And I hope that you remember this. I hope that you don't forget this during hard times when it's hard to see past. And it's hard to see, you know, next week. And it's hard to see tomorrow. I hope you always, 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 always remember the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. Somebody watching right now, you know, uh, is, is, you know, maybe you're watching on Facebook, or you're watching on YouTube or whatever, and you're having a hard time imagining life after. Life after the pandemic, life after riots, life after, you know, all this stuff. Can I just tell you, have, understand the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come, okay? And so I want to challenge you this morning, as we have talked about the vision for Mercy Vineyard, this ever-expanding, ever-growing, ever-innovating, reaching more people to love and to grow and to go, I want to challenge you to own this vision. This is not my vision, all right? This isn't Lee and Wendy's vision. This is God's vision for our church, and so we want you to own it. If you are a part of Mercy Vineyard, we want you to go, yeah, that's my vision too, that's my vision. One of the things that I love, I get, I'm just, you know, you know it's good, it's Vision Sunday because I'm plenty of time bragging about the church. But uh, just, just yesterday, just yesterday, there were people uh, who went, you know what? Let's make our church lovely. And you all know that, the, okay, it's not the loveliest parking lot. We haven't had the loveliest landscaping. But we had people just show up here yesterday and, and like, pull up things and stick bricks back in their places and lay down, just make things nice. And I didn't, I didn't look at it and go, boy, that's ugly. I'm going to recruit a few people to do that. They saw it and they said, this is my church. This is my family. I own the vision. And they called Wendy and I and they said, hey, is that all right if we get some people together to make that look nice? And we said, heck yes. Oh, sweet Jesus, yes. Okay, it's just wonderful that we have people that own it. They own it. and They own the vision. And so uh, begin praying extra for God to move powerfully in our church the second half of 2020. You know what? We're not even halfway through 2020. There's still a lot that God can do with the remaining months. In fact, if there was only one day left, God could still do a whole lot. But we're not even halfway through, and God can do a whole lot. And ask God to increase your passion for him. Ask God to increase your vision. Ask him to help you to have a vision that's greater than your circumstances. Okay? Ask him to expand your imagination when it comes to loving and growing and going. And so, uh, if you need somebody to pray with you today, uh, reach out to our prayer team. Karen should be online in one of these places. I guess we were having a little problem with the, uh, the one that works at findmercy.org. 
but there's still the other places. Reach out to Karen. She'll pray for you. Go on. Uh, please get the emails that I've been sending out to you every week. This last Thursday, I sent out another link to schedule a time if you need prayer with Wendy or myself or Bethany. And uh, get prayer. We'd love to pray with you. Okay? And so um, before I wrap up with prayer, I just want to remind you again. 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock tonight, we will, we will pray. It's a call to prayer for our nation. It's a call to prayer. And so we are going to trust you to uh, have any sort of social distancing precautions. If you need to wear a mask, wear a mask. We'll have hand sanitizer here and all that stuff. Uh, but we're just going to pray for our nation because our nation needs prayer. But let's pray together as the worship team comes. God, we love you and we praise you. We thank you for your vision for this church. We thank you, God, that uh, you're going to keep using us and expanding us until Jesus comes back and uh, makes everything right. God, we pray uh, for every person today that lacks vision. Or, or maybe, God, their vision is just too small. And Lord, I pray, God, that you would expand their thinking, God, that they would not uh, be subject to perceived limitations. God, that you would expand our thinking, God, expand our vision. Be our vision, God, that it would, it would burn so bright and it would ever be expanding just like your love, your great love. So God, we praise you. We love you. God, I pray that even as a church, as Mercy Vineyard, God, where our vision has been too small, that you would challenge us. So you would reveal that, God, that you would speak to us. Lord, it's all for your glory. It's all for your glory. In Jesus' name.